Namaste and welcome back to the Holistic Pioneer Made into Mother podcast. This podcast is for new, expecting or consciously creating mamas who are navigating their way through their Made into Mother journey. Hello, welcome to 2022. It has been a hot minute. No, seriously, for those of you who don't know, I live in far north Queensland and it is so hot. I have taken some time and I've just dipped my toes into the new year rather than my usual dive right in self. Um, (laughs) But I'm so glad that I did because now I can be here with you fully, no distractions and... I'm just so excited to share and laugh and cry with you all here each week. For those of you who don't know, I have just been through a massive shift in my life as I recently early birthed my fourth child. Um, So I apologize for taking some time off, but I have really needed to focus on my inner healing and just celebrating the short life that um, and connection that I had with this baby. In today's episode, we are going to chat a little bit about what the maiden to mother journey is and why it's so important that we are here to reawaken this epic rite of passage. In today's fast-paced Western culture society in particular, This journey from the maiden to the mother is not celebrated as a rite of passage that it is. The journey is often rushed and traumatic, isolating, exhausting, and more often than not, a painful experience. We're a society who are fixated on returning to our maiden-like bodies and lifestyles rather than embracing and celebrating the magic of the mother spirit. I'm certainly guilty of this. (laughs) I have spent the past two years criticizing my body, planning to lose weight and getting so distraught when I don't, begging to lose the weight that I gained postpartum and before my daughter grew up old enough to recognize the self-loathing that I felt when I looked in the mirror and feeling guilty every single time that I've eaten, often not starving myself but not loving the meals, just thinking that if I had skipped enough meals I could get back to that tiny size 6 maiden body that I used to have. Which is funny because this is the same body that I absolutely adored when I was pregnant and (laughs) I remember pushing out my belly in photos to accentuate my tiny little bump um I would (laughs) like wear these tight skirts and like tuck my shirt in to make it look even bigger it's the same body that safely and lovingly grew my beautiful daughter And it's the same body 
that's been through the love and the trauma of growing and early birthing four more beautiful babies. The maiden, the mother and the crone are a Wiccan terminology for the triple goddess and the separate stages of the goddess cycle and phases of the moon. So these are similarly and quite commonly known in many ancient religions and I do not disregard any of them. Um, As I mentioned, they really are quite similar. The maiden to mother work, if you don't know, explores the radical truth that midlife is not not as our culture proposes where a woman's power is to end and she goes to a life of serving and but where her power really truly begins it is the journey of moving through and out of the immature maiden phase of your life through to the mature full expression phase known as the mother the archetypal mother is the powerful safe compassionate full bloom feminine life force that exists within all women whether you have or have not yet carried and uh, carried a baby um the journey shows us how to tend to our inner wounded maiden the inner little one who's hurting from a lifetime of living within this broken culture and throughout this journey I will share with you a lot of the shadow work in healing that wounded inner little one. Pre-patriarchal cultures revered the mother and honoured this passage from maiden into mother as part of life's natural cycle. They saw it as stepping out of the immaturity and youth into a maturation and fullness and bountiful. They viewed the feminine life cycle as flowing like the moon. So waxing moon is known as the maiden, which flows into the full as a mother and eventually waning as the crone when we reach the age where we begin our slow return to the earth when the rites of passage were stolen from culture and buried with the goddess so too was our maturity and our wild intuitive femininity our largely unwell culture has largely severed women from this connection to cycle asking them to remain forever young and childlike and disconnected from our inner sourcedness. <laughs> women have been especially infantilized in order to keep them dependent on the external governments and businesses keeping alive multi-billion dollar industries which brainwash us into thinking and believing that we as women just shouldn't age. However, this is the time when a woman's beauty moves from her face to her soul. It's the time when we become who we truly are. It's the time when the masks are supposed to fall away. It's the time when, if we let it, 
Our vanity is no longer a distraction between us and our soul's purpose. It's the time of the mother, of Mata, of what matters in our life, in the world, and what will matter on our deathbeds. If we've had physical children, then we've actually entered a portal of loving someone so deeply, our world is completely transformed. The mother is supposed to be an evolution of the maiden. Without the mother, the bountiful world that we know would cease to exist. So it really confuses me that we live in a society where we expect mothers to continue to look like their young, immature maiden selves, all whilst expecting them to dedicate their every moment to their children, their families, their work, their household, their communities, and the list goes on. Maybe it's society, but I am certainly guilty of it too. I know I was sitting at our local swimming hole yesterday and I just couldn't stop comparing my body to that of um, quite a young girl. I would say late teens, early 20s at most um, and missing my six pack and my tight body. But... I'm here to raise awareness of the sleeping rituals and rite of passage that needs to be awakened and celebrated, supported and nurtured, respected and taught through holistic education. I pulled some statistics from the Australian National Health Plan, PANDA, that state that postpartum depression or perinatal anxiety and depression affects more than one in five mums and one in 10 fathers. Please be mindful that statistics come from only those who are brave enough to have the courage to come forward. These numbers aren't um, set in stone and often are quite high compared to the national figures. Women's fears and attitudes to childbirth directly influence the maternity care that they receive and the outcomes of their birth. I found another study that aimed to develop profiles of women according to their attitudes regarding birth and their levels of childbirth-related fear. And I found it really interesting. The association of these profiles with a mode and outcomes of birth was explored and found that there are three different clusters identified within women. So the first cluster was a labelled the self-determiners, they had clear attitudes about birth, including seeing it as a natural process and they had no childbirth fear. The second cluster was called take it as it comes. So they had no fear of childbirth and low levels of agreement with any of the attitude statements regarding, regarding birth. And the third cluster, the fearful cluster, were afraid of birth with concerns for the personal impact of birth, including pain and control, safety concerns, and low levels of agreements with attitudes relating to women's freedom of choice or birth as a natural process itself. In this study at 18 to 20 weeks gestation, when compared to the self-determiners, women in the fearful cluster were more likely to prefer a cesarean. 
They held less than positive feelings about being pregnant. They reported less than positive feelings about the approaching birth and less than positive feelings about the first weeks with a newborn. At two months postpartum, the fearful cluster had a greater likelihood of having had an elective caesarean. They were more likely to have had an epidural if they labored and they actually experienced their labor pain as more intense than the women in the other clusters. The cluster of women in the fearful category were more likely to report a negative experience of birth overall. The take-it-as-it-comes cluster had a higher likelihood of an elective caesarean as well. In this study, the three clusters of women were identified belonging to the fearful cluster had a negative effect on women's emotional health during pregnancy and an increased likelihood of negative birth experience. Both women in the take-it-as-it-comes and the fearful cluster had higher odds of having an elective caesarean compared to the women in the self-determiners. Understanding women's attitudes and level of fear may help midwives and doctors to tailor their interactions with the women. But having these negative reactions to birth and your child from such an early stage desperately changes the attitudes towards postpartum depression. We desperately need to change the conversation that we're having about pregnancy and postpartum, allowing women to navigate their pregnancy, birthing and postpartum with information and the right of having an informed decision. Having an informed choice would have helped those who were in the take-it-as-it-comes category. Conversations need to change from postpartum bliss to postpartum support. And we need to change the conversations from bouncing back to embracing our bountiful evolution. I think the most important postpartum conversation we need to change is the conversation of the societal expectations of gender-specific roles within the family dynamic and within the household. We need to help create a society that is a safe space for women to express their need for support, to express their pain and their struggles. A place of community and acceptance of all beautiful mothers and their journeys. No more of this Instagram perfect mothering so let's start having those conversations. For me, personally, postpartum, or as I often refer to it as the fourth trimester was actually the hardest. I know my partner and I, we were so tunnel visioned throughout the pregnancy to think about the birth and the baby, picking furniture and toys and outfits was more important than thinking and stopping to just remind myself that I will have my own healing journey and I yeah I didn't know how to be supported I'd expected to just bounce back like I'd seen all the other insta mums do and I laugh at myself now because I remember asking in the walkthrough through the hospital so how long after birth can you discharge <laughs> And when they told me four hours, I was like, yep, I'll be that mum. And I laugh now because it's so ridiculous that I would want to walk out of somewhere that was supporting me through my birth journey 
within four hours of the most physical traumatic experience that the woman's body could go through. I had given no thought to how self-care would look for me postpartum or how support would look so radically different to me postpartum. I felt so alone and isolated because I remember when friends or family contacted me, it was to ask how our beautiful girl was doing. Nobody asked me how I was coping, how I was healing, how can I be supported or held in this time. So naturally I felt as though I couldn't ask for help or complain or express the pain and exhaustion that I felt. Nobody had warned me of the bleeding. Nobody had warned me of the pain of going to the bathroom for months afterwards. I had no idea about prolapse and that Kegels was actually a thing. Um, nobody spoke to me about the excruciating pain of full breasts or oversupply or blocked ducts. Nobody explained second day blues when your milk comes in and you just can't stop crying hysterically. Nobody tells you about the guilt and the pain that you feel for that breastfeeding journey when... It's supposed to be all natural, yet when you're in it can be one of the hardest experiences of motherhood. Nobody warned me that my partner would look at me differently, that he'd never look at me the same way again, and if he did even look at me at all, or that our relationship would never be the same again. But I can't blame him because, to be honest... I haven't looked at myself the same way again either. Maybe all this information was out there, but I don't know about you. When I don't know what I'm searching for, (laughs) you don't know what you're searching for. (laughs) Am I right? Overall, the lack of support, nurturing and safe space that was not held for me meant that my postpartum journey was traumatic. It was not blissful at all. I didn't know how to ask for help because I actually didn't know what help and support I needed or deserved. When I did ask for help, I had people's comments ringing in my ear that I had chosen this. You wanted a child. What could you possibly be complaining about? Nobody said it was going to be easy. Little did I know at the time that I didn't know because I was not the woman I'd been nine months ago. I wasn't even the woman that I was when I walked into the birthing centre. I hadn't stopped to think about the woman that I would be when I walked out of there. Which, I might add, is not just a birthing portal that you enter for the first time during your first pregnancy only. As a woman, you yourself rebirth each time you learn more about yourself your new your new child will teach you completely different things about yourself than the last child even from conception your pregnancy experience is highly unlikely to be identical to your previous experience 
creating exactly what is needed for that beautiful baby's individual soul's life path. I really am so excited to finally be on this journey with each of you though and to be figuring this out together. Each week, I am going to be interviewing everyday mamas just like you and me, thought leaders from across, across the globe and loading you up with delicious food for thought so that you can be that place of love and acceptance for not only your friends and your family, but for yourself. In this podcast, we are going to arm you with the tools and knowledge to support you through the maiden to mother journey and to also be a life-changing support network for your loved ones on their journey too. Don't forget, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holistic Pioneer. Each week, I'm going to be sharing a shadow work journal or thought prompt asking questions about your maiden to mother journey and sharing all kinds of goodness to support you on your way. Giving ourselves and our children the most nourishing start possible. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. I value your time and I really hope that this podcast can be life expanding for you and your tribe. If you loved today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you had a moment to leave a review and to share my podcast with your tribe so that we can reach all the beautiful women and parents who might just need our help. This isn't just a podcast though, it's a community, your village. We are going to celebrate that rite of passage together. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, namaste. Ooh.